All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Illuminati Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Bond. Join alongside me, Seth Varnador, Robert Stieg. Guys, hashtag goes bros23 is officially wrapped up for at least the December period. We made it. How are we feeling? Thank God. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> Steve's like been a, all over this, so he's he's got to be uh, breathing a sigh of relief right now. It, it's it's a long. I mean, thankfully, it was basically like a two week uh, recruiting period for USF under uh, Alex Golish, so it wasn't quite as I don't struggle as it has been in year past years past. It was pretty much as expected, so that was nice. It was nice and easy for me today. All I had to do was just follow along with uh, what the house account was tweeting out. And bada bing, bada boom, we were done by uh, one o'clock today. Yeah, it was nice. I think the the most important thing is uh, no surprises and no bad surprises, I should say. That's always the worry. I think Oregon um, and UCLA both had interesting days. I think Florida had an interesting day. Um, status quo is very okay for this transition class where they t- they touched on uh, some vital needs. They still need linebacker, Steeg. We'll get into that. But overall, thoughts on this class, and we'll kind of dig deeper into each, each guy and kind of where they may fit in uh, as we go toward this 2023 season that uh, kicks off, I guess, in earnest in like 10 days. Once that calendar hits January, you- baby. Well, I, th- I, th- I thought when we talked a little bit about last night um, that I, I thought one a good sign, I guess, is kind of the ability to convert guys that visited officially. Like uh, a lot of the guys that had official visits, they converted into commits. So mm-hmm. uh, you think that's a pretty good sign for the future. You got one kind of surprise, I guess, uh, at receiver. Um, so, but you, you signed some really quality guys in the portal too. I think probably I would think four guys that'll come in and be starters at their position, uh, almost immediately, uh, two on defense, two on offense. So that's always good. And then, and then you sign what seems to be a good, and and this is something that, uh, a guy, uh, Jay Bud Davis. I've had him on some of my on my channel talking about Florida stuff, but he's a stats guy that um, follows Florida, but he also does a lot of stuff on transfer portal and recruiting. And one of his big big takeaways is that you can get like quarterback help and skill help and some defensive help in the portal, but you need to to the most successful thing you can do is sign linemen out of high school because you don't get a ton of really good linemen in the portal. So they signed five linemen today, I think. So a couple, one uh, JUCO, but mostly high school guys that they can develop. And that seems to be the most successful strategy for the offensive line and a little bit on the defensive side as well. So that was good to kind of see them go young there. And then you can use the portal to fill out some of those other positions. Yeah, as you mentioned that uh, five offensive linemen, let's – I think the trenches are probably going to be the most vital thing uh, in 2023 for this team. You know, they were, they're replacing Demetrius Harris, they're replacing Trey Jacobs, they're replacing Brad Cecil. 
Um, Donovan James will be back uh, after his injury. He'll he's basically using this 2022 season as his actual redshirt year, so he'll be back. But you've got to replace three guys who played a lot of football, and you've got to fill in the depth, right? Because I I would assume, you know, Seth, we kind of talked about it last night on the on the film room. Dustin Hall will probably slot over to center. Um, I think one of the JUCO guys that that they're bringing in is also a center, right? I think he's or, a guard. I, I think somebody said last night he's a guard center. He can kind of play both. So mm-hmm. interior so, O lineman Deontay Bowie, I guess. Or yeah, from like from Blinn. Yeah, from Blinn. Um, from Blinn College, I believe that's where. Isn't that where Cam Newton went? It is. Okay. Yes. So my. Um. So I'm not going crazy there, but so there's options there. Um, you still got Mike Lofton. You still have Darrell Bailey. Um, there's still some other guys who are on scholarship. So just kind of adding to that depth, I think is going to be very, very important. Uh, I think we saw uh, they were very injured for at some points of the season at, at almost every position. Um, so it, it's good to fill in that depth. I know, Steve, you were you were kind of all you were on the the Dustin Hall train for like three years at this point. It feels like <laughs> you feel vindicated at this point. He's going to be the the center of the future more than likely. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's also like, uh, is this the curse? Of, is this the Steve, you know, kiss of death? Because typically when I really vouch for a guy, they usually uh, don't form up to their standards or transfer or get injured or something like that. So uh, uh, God bless you, Dustin Hall. Um, I'm backing you. You're the the horse I'm going to be looking at here. Um, good luck. <laughs> I haven't had good luck in the past, so uh, all, all power to him, but yeah, I mean, this, you could tell that Golish had an idea of what he really wanted to go after. Um, especially having um, Coach Hoodie there, kind of on board almost immediately, and knew what the most pressing, what 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 should have been the most pressing need uh, on this offense was, and they really attacked it. So that's always a good sign. Yeah, and then you you kind of add that to, like you said, Nate, a, a lot of guys did end up playing last year due to those injuries. So you got, a lot, you got to see a lot of guys that coming into the year you didn't think were going to play. Um, then by by the end of the year, they got playing experience, and they did mm-hmm. pretty well. I mean, like, Batiz kind of run of those consecutive 100-yard games was not with the initial starting offensive line that you thought you were going to start at the beginning of the year. So Right. It's, it's kind of good to see – you add some depth to that group because that you were kind of having a dip into that depth last year. So if you do again, you, you've got some more bodies uh, to go there, but they, they, um, they definitely, I think saw a need and, and they said they want to get to where they got, I think he, he said today he wants like eight to 10 linemen Correct. ready to go. Um, so you're going to have to replenish that room and they did a pretty good job of it, bringing in a mix of high school and Juco guys and, uh, I believe they also said they're not quite done there, so they might be going after more JUCOs and uh, and transfer portal guys as those come available, which I think after the bowl games, we're going to see another uptick in the transfer portal. I think so, too. And, I, you know, uh, Coach uh, Golish kind of mentioned this uh, during his press conference. He, he's hope, he hopes to have most of his staff in place by the January 2nd visit weekend. Um, because of bowl obligations. And that is the same kind of thing for the players, right? So some guys are going to play out the string, do the bowl game, get the free swag and kind of figure out what's next for them. Um, 
we'll see what's what with uh with that i know kind of looking into the portal right now uh defensive line is and linebackers they're the pickings are slim so we're gonna have to figure that out yeah and it it seems like there's some back channeling going on um i know just kind of having eyes on florida and usf florida got uh got a uh, commitment from a Memphis defense lineman, according to one Florida beat reporter, but that guy's not even in the portal yet. So um, I, I think there's uh, going to be a bunch. of <laughs> So that one got retracted quickly, but I think there's a bunch of guys you're going to see jump in the portal here to kind of add to that depth, because like you said, there's not a ton and, and the, the ones that are decent, I think already got picked over. So you might have to wait a little bit, but, what's you know you'll have some come up to kind of at the end of this cycle and then i think once you hit the next uh window you'll have some more guys you can go get but at least you're kind of looking for depth pieces and not looking for like guys that gotta come in and play right away it seems so that's a good spot to be in but there's still some positions where you are looking at guys that need to come into play right and i think defensive line's definitely one uh <laughs> that fits such bill. Uh, yeah. So they, they bring in uh Centavia Smith from uh, Dowdy uh, high school in Albany, Georgia. Uh, he was a 84.8489, a three star um, by uh, this is all two, four, seven kind of just blanket two, four, seven numbers. Um, and then you also bring in uh, Lloyd Summerall, who was a four star coming out of high school at Florida. Uh, he spent, what a year at Florida, Seth, and got no, some he's run been there the for the- like three years. Holy crap! Yeah, he's been there for Good a for while. Him. He he almost transferred last year. Okay, they got him to come back. I think he might have even gone the portal and came back last year. Um, but he was a guy that played a decent bit. The show I don't have his exact snap numbers. He wasn't a starter, but he played and did not look out of place. Okay, um, they had him moving around. He's a <laughs> kind of a leaner guy, but he's got some athleticism and it could be uh, probably a pretty good. Uh, pass rusher, or if you're going to three, four, like that outside linebacker, that's more of a the pass rush guy, but can drop into coverage if you need to, like a JPP almost. <laughs> I wouldn't put that those kind of expectations on. Well, but, that kind of that. Kinda. I think yeah, he's kind of a tall, uh, you know, athletic, uh, kind of lengthy guy. I think he has ten fingers, but um, <laughs> other than that, they might be pretty similar. Um, I think the I think that those were two massive gets um i think getting i think the writing was on the wall when kp came to usf that uh Stantavius was also more than likely joining him uh here in tampa it makes uh, a lot of sense um they have a very good relationship kevin patrick does a fantastic job developing defensive linemen and you you kind of go where you're where you're wanted where you think you can play and Boy, howdy, these guys are going to get some run. Now, the interior of the defensive line, fellas, I got nothing for you. <laughs> and, I'm going to uh, be sued. Neither, neither did the recruiting class so far. So, <laughs> there's much that. the chagrin of uh, message board posters across Bulls fandom. They did not get any big boys. Um, yeah, but I, I think they're going to be going. It seems like they're going to be going to a three-four type look. Uh, so you know, maybe you don't need a ton of noses, uh, or you might feel like you have some depth at nose. But um, 
you know, you'll, you'll kind of need some big bodies to play uh, the ends as well. Not as big, but um, maybe you can, you might be able to get away with less maybe uh, in that scheme. But this is kind of the, the uh, trap that we got fallen into a couple years back when, right. You're switching fronts and, and things like that. And you're not quite sure what the body count you need is, but uh, yeah, just, they need to get better there, obviously. And, healthy they had some guys get hurt it seemed like they were starting to play pretty well at times last year so the combination of that and getting some more bodies in there uh you'd hope you'd hope it leads to better results but yeah you know what's funny is uh in the way that todd we broke down todd orlando's very aggressive defensive style on the film room on tuesday night um I, I think Dwayne Boyles would have been really fun in this kind of defense. Yeah. <laughs> um, unfor- unfortunately. Um, but we'll see. I think DJ Gordon could, I think he could be something uh, of, of note there. Um, oh my God, Seth, who's the dude who transferred out that we, Oh, it's Mars Bellamy. Not nah, he uh, would have been fun. Uh, that, that would have been a fun one. Um, oh, Hector real quick. Uh, so, Byron Matos is listed as an offensive lineman on the roster now. Just a just a quick F F Y. It happened in the middle of last year, right? So, uh, you know what? I I never noticed it. I never noticed it on the the game sheets, but I did notice it the other day perusing the 2023 online roster, which is where I saw that Xavier Weaver is still with the team and Alex Golish confirmed that he is still with the team and he see he is excited to see him catch a lot of balls and rack up a lot of yards. And man, oh man, do you think he finally cracks a thousand yards? I think he'll get a shot. <laughs> <laughs> he'll get he'll get a shot. Uh, uh, there, the, if if any system was going to get a guy to crack it, it would be this one. Uh, you know, the receiver position is really exciting, uh, especially with that him coming back. Um, you've got those guys that were kind of injured and, and kind of hobbled for most of last year. Uh, in this system, it'll be interesting to see how they do. Uh, Joe Joe mm-hmm. is going to be really interesting to see. Um, obviously, a Jeff Scott guy, but he's also got, unless he, until he graduates, he doesn't have a free transfer. So I don't think he's got his grad, I don't think he's graduated yet. So, He's probably going to be playing this year at USF, and he's a guy that's got all kinds of physical tools. Um, not a super, I don't think a real crazy fast guy, but I, we'll, we'll see. I, I haven't really, we haven't really got a chance to see him kind of get out and go. No. So um, that'll be fun, but I, I think they're going to have some some pretty good tools there at receiver, even with a guy like Jimmy Horn uh, out of there. So. A thousand yards for Weaver. I mean, what, what did he finish at last year? I think he had seven hundred something. And he I think he was he, pretty close, and he, he didn't play the last eight games, games, right? Just about. Let's look this up real quick. Um, um, do I sound better? By the way, gonna. Well, is it like you, bubbly or my am I rabati? Not rabati, but definitely a little bubbly. But that's okay. Yeah, that's better. I can. I'll. I'll deal with that. It's not it's, me this it's time. It's my guys. microphone for once. Yeah. Sheikh is battling his his initial uh you know, his his Wi-Fi went in the portal, the transfer portal as well a couple of days <laughs> ago, and he's said to replace it. So 
So we're, we're, it, we're having a rough couple of days in this household. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so fun games till the internet goes out. Right. Xavier Weaver played nine games. He caught 53 balls for 718 yards and a career high six touchdowns. The receptions and yards are all career highs for him. Um, so, yeah, and he missed Louisville and then he missed the last two games. Well, he didn't miss. He sat out the last two games. Um, so there's that, but, um, it's interesting. I, see, you kind of mentioned it. Do we, uh, you mentioned it in Slack and we were like, I don't know. Cause it seemed like he only tweeted one thing today. Uh, is Daniel DePrado still on staff? Good question. Uh, Golish got asked that directly today, uh, to which he gave a, a, a nothing burger answer kind of like, we want him to stay on staff. We're working through some things. I think. I we think his answer. I think his answer implied some things when he talked about yeah. how professional he's been. You usually, don't right. talk about how professional somebody's been when you're. Yeah, he's just going to stay in the same job. Usually, right. it's that and when you're like, "Hey, you need to fi- finish recruiting for us, and then you can go wherever you want. Like, help us out a little bit here." Right. And, and, and full disclosure to everyone, like it, it, when these coaching staff turnovers kind of happen, um, say for instance, like Daquan Bowers, for example, if when Golish came in, it wasn't like he came in and fired everyone on staff immediately and then was hitting the ground running by himself. He was still working with, Daquan Bowers with with some of the other staff members and maybe Bobby Bentley or whoever else, uh, Alan Mogridge, whoever else was kind of there, and they're they're pretty much there until they get replaced, essentially. And, and it's kind of the business side of things. It's the same thing in in the corporate world. You know, you work until you get fired or you sign termination papers or whatever it is. So. The product was still working and and was still recruiting and you know was going on visits. Like he went to a kid's house in Texas to right. visit a, a kicker. So you know he was definitely still working. But it, this is obviously all still a two way street. Too, you know, I, I'm sure the Prado wants more title, more responsibility. You know, whatever needs to be. You know, I, I know he loves special teams. I love. I know he loves and has that passion and everything like that. But you know, he might be, you know, gearing more towards wanting like an associate head coach role or, or something, because now he kind of has that blood in him. Um, so, I, you know, he could be on staff. He could be just working through, you know, title change, head coach, uh, and whatever else it needs, but he was very quiet today. And this is usually the most vocal day for a guy like the product. So who knows? We'll see though. Did you see him in any of the video that was put out today of kind of the war room? I'm no, trying to he, think back. I watched he, it, but I don't remember seeing him. He wasn't really there. Um, he could have been there, but just not. Yeah, not uh, sure. Videoed or not, they probably very, very did a really good job of editing it, so he wasn't in it. I would imagine I he was. I wouldn't though. put that. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say that was <laughs> in the thought process. Steve, you that's okay? Now credit. you're now you're giving a lot of credit where credit is clearly not deserved. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> I had something else to say, but I can't say it. Um, <laughs> I was really, uh, so I saw some, some, I can't, uh, my oh, apologies. Hold on, let me, uh, hold on one second. I might, not that one. Hold on. We'll need to, I need to, we'll have to get a, um, 
Stieg is a the Prado fan, so we'll see. Is that his head right there? Is that the back of his head? That could be, but that could also. I think that's their new analyst. No way. It looks a different, kind of a different facial structure. That, yeah, it's a different face. Mm. Nope. Mm. Nope. They hired um, a they hired a stand in like Saddam Hussein. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I saw I saw someone today. I can't. My apologies if I can't remember who it was, but they were. Um, when you were kind of mentioning, although they took down two of the offensive linemen commit uh, graphics for one reason or another. Um, one may have had the wrong video. One wanted to announce before he committed, uh, before they announced it. Um, someone was like, uh, who's, who's, who's excited to know who's the, the next offensive lineman? Uh, I thought that, that would have been a really, uh, I thought that was really funny. Uh, but my apologies. I can't, I honestly, I can't remember. I think it was uh, USF recruiting news. Oh, maybe it was it. I got a very big chuckle out of that at work and uh, had to um, qu- quickly compose myself. Not the product confirmed. I, I watched the video. It's not. See, there we go. This is what we do. Um, so I saw a question up there uh, by from Chris Ochoa. Seth, if you want to throw that up there real quick? Do you see it? Which one? Uh, this one. By the roundtable one. Yeah. Which recruit signed today do you think will have the biggest impact early on? Do we want to go? We'll do high school, Ju- Juco, and then we'll pick one from the uh, transfer list because I, I feel like we would all pick a transfer, honestly. Um, but of the guys who have from high school who, uh, Sign today. Who do you think could have the biggest impact? I'll start with Seth. Uh, trade is it Dubuque, the long snapper? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, you know, like uh, maybe a guy like Jarvis Lee. I don't know because you're kind of you're you sign a, a lot of linemen, which I don't think you'd anticipate them playing early. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them, and then you're pretty set. Some of your other positions that you signed, or you know, receiver and running back, you signed some pretty good guys there. You seem pretty set there. Um, it's going to be hard to crack that rotation for any of those guys, I think. Um, so that would kind of leave you with um, one of the defensive guys, it, it, like so maybe a Jarvis Lee. Uh, he's kind of your high, he's your highest rated recruit right now. Uh, corner, maybe he's he comes in and plays early, um, so or you know, Byard's plays safety. Stan Tavy Smith, we just talked about, but I think that's tough to to play on the line of scrimmage. I've heard people say the further away you are from the ball, the quicker you can play. Um, so I, I would think uh, one of those guys, the defensive back, has a chance to make something happen early, uh, long term. I, I really don't know. I don't. I don't know enough about these guys really to say, but uh, but I, I think if you're really like the guy that gets on the field early, it might be the long snap. <laughs> That's fair, Steve. How about yourself? Yeah, it, it's it's hard because a, a lot of these pieces are really really good pieces out of high school, but high school players tend to not play early unless it's a quarterback and they're being thrust into that situation. Right. So it, it's hard to kind of say like, oh, and then like Jalen Johnson who. I think Jalen Johnson is severely underrated on two four seven. I think he's 
probably going to end up being reshuffled into a four star. But that's at like one of the most stacked positions for USF where there's a lot of depth and talent there already. My inkling is a guy like Demetrius Carter. Um, it, it seemed like on the night that, um, you know, Golish was hired, it seemed like he made a call to all of the recruits, or at least that's kind of the inkling that I was getting. Um, and he's a guy that really fits the mold of what they want to do in Golish's offense. And with kind of the exodus of a few, uh, a Jimmy Horn there, you know, the, the offense is going to be proficient one way or another. I just, I, I think you're going to see a lot of young, taller talent start to creep in and play a little bit more. And so Demetrius Carter is probably my guy. Um, his coach had some very, very high end words to say. And, uh, you know, I, I, he just, it's a wide receiver in, in this offense. Like he's, he's going to make an impact at some point in his career. I just, everything else is a crapshoot. Like the offensive linemen, they probably won't play for like two to three seasons. I, I love all five of those offensive linemen, but I can't see any of those guys playing for two or three years of the best. No, absolutely. I think I think you're you're right there. And Seth, you kind of touched on. It. I think it may be one of the safe, like one of the DBs, like uh, Jarvis Lee, as you mentioned, or uh, T- uh, Tuffy uh, Byard. Uh, I think could get on the field just because they need bodies. They need people. I know uh, Taquan Evans is no longer in the portal, and it seems like he's on the roster again. Um, so you get a bounce from there, but it, it's going to be tough for everybody. Uh, like you mentioned, the offensive linemen kind of get on the field. I think Jalen Johnson, I think he's going to be really fun to watch in the future. I don't think he's a right now guy. He, he's listed at 5'9", 190. We'll, we'll see what he actually comes in at because that's, that's pretty stout for a, a guy who's 5'9", at running back. Um, you know, it's it's not crazy. It's not, you know, Jaron Mangum who's, you know, gone off to Michigan State stout, but it's pretty stout for, for the size. And then of the transfers, um, you know, you got Neem Simmons, the the wide receiver from Wagner, uh, Kendall Dennis, the cornerback from Oklahoma, Lord Summerall, and, and Weston Wolf. Of those four guys, you know, who do you guys see making maybe the most impact out of them? I mean, I I think it's I think they're all going to play pretty much right away and uh, and do something. Um, I know uh, Weston Wolf comes from a really good high school program. Uh, they use the tight end quite a bit. He's a pretty good player. Uh, Summer, all we talked about was was seeing time at Florida and playing a little bit and doesn't look out of place. Um, so I think he'll come in and he's a guy that could have uh, you know he could you know come in in like a three four be an outside backer, which he got a little bit of. Florida did a little bit of that as well this year, mm-hmm. so he's got some experience with that. Being a guy that might have to drop, might have to come off the edge, so. He he might be a guy that's he's a little bit more athletic, I think, than some of the guys they have now. Like Tremel Logan kind of beefed up and is a little thicker. He's still got some athleticism, but Summerall is, I think, a little twitchier, um, a little more explosive. So he I think he'll probably I would have met but I, the four they've got are all gonna come in and play right away. And uh Simmons is a guy that's explosive, you know, depending on um you know how the receiver room shakes out. I would think he'd be coming in to play the slot. He's um, not a huge guy, but five ten seems pretty explosive on film, running mm-hmm. away from people. So he's going to play. Uh, Kendall Dennis is a four star kid. They obviously are looking for guys at corner, so he's going to come in and play. 
Uh, like I said, Wolf, good program coming from Maryland. He's probably going to come in and play quite a bit. First recruit or first commit. So I think Golis probably likes him a lot. But uh, I'll go some or all with that group. I, I think um, he's a guy that's got some athleticism and, and he can rush the passer, which, you know, they need those guys off the edge. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see Simmons because he's coming from a smaller program, but he looks explosive and he can kind of be that almost kind of come in for the Jimmy Horn slot there and and hopefully don't miss a beat there on offense. But Steve, what about yourself? Yeah, I knowing what Todd Orlando's defense has to offer, I think a guy like Kendall Dennis is going to be a guy that can really flourish. Um, you know, depending on where they throw him, if it's like a hybrid, you know, safety, nickel, whatever it needs to be. Um, they tend to be a uh, the defense tend to, tends to be one that tries to take away, um, you know, get interceptions, force fumbles. He was a bruiser when he was at Lakeland. Um, so I had imagine that, you know, they'll probably slot him into a similar position going forward, um, you know, in this defense. And I mean, that secondary is loaded already. There's a lot of really good talent there. Maris Brown, Daquan Evans is coming back. Um, so you got a lot of really good talent that's kind of getting held over and, and can really benefit from a, a much more aggressive style of defense um, than what, what Shoop and Glenn Spencer had to offer. Um, but Lloyd Summerall, it, you know, Kevin Patrick has, has his tendencies to make guys really good along that defensive line. And he's a guy that I think every, everyone is going to be looking at to really lead this defense a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I'd also venture to say I'll take the field on this one. You know, someone asked a minute ago about you know, the defensive tackles, the linebackers, everything like that. Right. They still have about nine open scholarships. They'll probably fill those between uh, about half of those through the portal, maybe half of those, um, you know, through high school. Imagine they'll they'll get some defensive tackles and some uh, linebackers, maybe another wide receiver through the portal. Um, so I could also say let's just take the field here there's going to be a defensive tackle they're going to pull and it's going to do some work and a, a linebacker that is going to you know be an instant impact guys because those are both really thin positions for usf and uh the defensive end and cornerback position isn't quite as thin so you know lloyd might end up being a rotational guy and and kendall might end up being you know every once in a while kind of thing so i would venture to say the field whatever the defensive tackle that they bring in is going to be good enough <laughs> Fair. Uh and I'll, I'll take Summerall uh as well. I think I think he has the biggest opportunity to make the immediate impact um that is sorely needed along this defensive line. Um at least on paper there's some talent along the defensive line, uh, you know, at least, you know, between Eddie Kelly, you know, Tremel Logan's actually pretty still pretty good. Now you bring in Summerall, I think there's some talent there. How they get utilized, that's going to be a bigger question. Um it, real quick, I wanted to kind of go over the coaching staff for a second um, because there's still some spots up for grabs. So if we're thinking under the guys that Prada was gone, right? That he's no longer on staff. We've got the tight end, uh, Craig Patterson, right? Tight end coach, was that his name? Uh, Clay, Patterson. Clay Patterson. Clay, Clay Patterson. Clay Patterson, he was the interim at Colorado and the offensive coordinator. Uh, so he's at tight end. Um, inside linebacker is going to be, the, from what I understand, it's Todd Orlando. 
So now you you're left with outside linebackers. They haven't hired a safeties coach yet, right? No. Because Matt Burkett is this is what I've got right now. So this is kind of the latest. Now the it seems like the wide receiver coach is going to be the Georgia State, Georgia Southern guy. Mar- uh, Marcus Davis, is that the guy's name? Uh, wide receivers coach from Georgia State, yes. That's who I'm, I've, I've heard his name get tossed around a lot. They're not in a bowl game, are they? No, I don't believe so. No, I don't think so. So that's why I think it might be someone else because it, it sounds like there was there were some other duties from certain people. Um, but Marcus Davis does make sense, um, at least when I'm reading the tea leaves. But, you know, I, there's a chance it's someone else and it's someone from the field here. Are you from Georgia State? Yes. All right, so there is here's this Quinshot Davis, who was... Uh... Quality control guy at US. Oh no, excuse me. Sorry, Georgia Southern. Southern. I I freaked that up so much. Um, I'm reading the tea leaves on this one. Um that he's coming here, but again, they're not in a bowl game either. And yes, they they, they are. Oh, they are? Georgia Southern. They yes, they play Buffalo next Tuesday. Okay. And the Camilla Georgia State is not in a bowl in Georgia Southern. I big time fuck right. that up. Then, right. then that's that's a good possibility that it is Marcus Davis, and he's just fulfilling his duties. Uh, they can't lose both their running backs and uh, wide receivers coach, leading into a bowl game. You say that, but uh, well, maybe he's an, he'd be an interesting one. He played at Auburn for four years. Uh, was a starter on their 2014 uh, runner-up team that lost to FSU. Um, mm-hmm. From Florida, Boynton Beach, so from you know South Florida. Uh, he'd be an he'd be an interesting one. Coach at Hawaii, coach at Florida State. Uh, he'd, he'd be an interesting candidate. Also, coach at Auburn a little bit. So, that, I think that'd be a pretty good get if that's your guys. Florida ties. Uh, coach in the state already played for Auburn. So, would be would be a pretty good get. Uh, it seems like Van Dyke um, got a pay bump. Well, hey, we'll see if 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 uh, Cormani McLean goes to Colorado, they might push him out. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's supposed to be their number one guy. So. But it definitely seemed like uh, they got him. They 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 paid to keep him. Yeah, I would I, think I, it's it's strange because a defensive analyst at Miami versus a. a you know, safeties coach at USF, you know, which one would you rather have kind of situation, but he's, he's still a possibility. I, I, I'm less optimistic. And so we'll see who they go after. And I've got nothing else on that one. That, that's really the only one that I've heard or that I've heard for that position. Um, especially if it's a three, three, five, they're going to need a, a corners and a safeties coach. So. And they're going to need a special teams coach, so someone's going to have to get that title thrown onto them as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll probably just piecemeal that out with you know, a line coach is a kick, uh, kick protection team, you know, 
safeties and corners coaches are doing punt return and you know, all that. They can they can kind of piecemeal it out. It's not ideal, but when you're when you're trying to stay in that coaching limit, there you got to. Yeah, and right. <laughs> I mean, real real quick. Oh, he, this is why. Oh, so Van Dyke's coming <laughs> and he's bringing Cormani to us. That's why they're waiting. Uh, okay, that that well, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um. So uh, what was it in June? I think it was in June. They were kind of kicking around doing away with the on-field coaching staff limit or the recruiter limit. Um, I'm kind of glad that they kind of punted on that for now. I think a lot of these G5 schools would be in some serious, serious trouble. Well, you right. know what? You know which way, yeah. You know which way I think it's going to be going eventually. Is this space? You're going to have. It's going to be total NFL. You're going to have. Uh, an on-field staff and then you're going to have a recruiting staff and the recruiting staff can go out on the road full-time and recruit your on-field staff can just work because one of the big things you're hearing from coaches is with the portal and that's why they were kind of begging for the transfer windows before that they're like i i don't i can't take a single day away from the job and it's you know getting a lot of coaches to leave the game well one way you don't have to worry about burnout as much as if you don't have to recruit so I think they might. I think. I think in maybe ten years' time, you'll see those two split, and that'll be tough for the G five lower levels, where you got to pay a lot of people now. Yeah, um, and you know, four million only goes so far these days. So that's right. That and luckily, uh, they increased their pay for the coaching staff here for USF. So that's cool. Got an extra almost seven, uh, uh, excuse me, extra one million dollars almost for the almost. coaching staff. So. Well, Stieg, don't get me started. Uh, We're not. This is a family friendly uh, show. No, we but, dropped too many f bombs. But Stieg, um, from what I understand, nearly a million dollars is. I mean, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars is also nearly a million dollars, from what I understand. You know, there's seventy five percent there. Some would say ninety percent there. Do it, just do it. I'll I'll, no. I'll set a timer. You can do it. Nope. Let, give it to the end. Let's 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 do let's finish out the recruiting stuff, and then I can go on my uh, my seventy five minute rant while you guys go and, and finish out your night. <laughs> <laughs> just, just keep it rolling. Uh, that's mm-hmm. you know that's fair. Um, I think. Uh, we kind of knew Jimmy Horn was never going to come back. And I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's signed yet. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's doing it Christmas or the day after Christmas. Well, that's, Correct. that's nice of him as a Christmas present type type deal. That's cute. But it, it seems as if he's down to two Colorado and Houston, Houston. Yeah. He saw, Boy, what, he, <laughs> he saw what little man Tank Dell did in that offense and thought, that's shit, a, I could do that. That's just uh, that position is basically like uh, the we hate Nathan Bond position. It really they just really are really gonna is. they're gonna take out Tank Dell and cycle in Jimmy Horn. Oh my god, I'm just glad we we don't have to face him. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, man, Houston. I was like, oh yeah, they're moving up. So, <laughs> but Colorado would be. Uh, would be interesting. It would. That'd be an interesting offense. Especially, I mean, do you think 
I mean, this is total tangent. Is Dion going to let Sean Lewis run the offense like how he wants it run, or is it going to be? Yeah, I think so. That's good. So they'll be uh, they'll be high flying, and they'll look similar to what USF is. Actually, they'll be pretty similar. Yeah. Um, but Jesus. I mean, the biggest, I guess, the most important recruiting call so far is mending fences with Xavier Weaver and getting him back on board. That was the yeah. one where after the season ended and he still hadn't entered his name in the portal, it kind of uh, per- perked my ears up a little bit like, huh, he still hasn't entered the portal. And I was talking to some folks and they're like, yeah, it's real weird. He hasn't entered the portal yet after skipping out on the last two games. And lo and behold, they released that hype video this morning uh, with a whole lot of Xavier Weaver highlights because uh, he's a very good player. And then uh, Golish uh, confirms it as such. And I think, man, they uh, they would have been in some trouble if he had left as well. Because now you're – I was just looking at the stats real quick. Let me let me bring this up. Um, well, it's a, good, it? it's a good thing they watched the tape so you could see that Xavier Weaver's a pretty good player. Yeah. So your if Weaver had left, your returning wide receiver would have been Sean Atkins at 19 catches, 238 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, three of your top four guys would have transferred out, being Weaver, Horn, and Dawson, who's now at JMU. Um, and then the only other receiver who would have caught a touchdown this season, who's still with the team, would have been Daquan Stanley because Weaver, Horn, uh, and, and Atkins. So. Four of your 18 touchdowns uh, would be back from the receiver room. And then somehow the tight ends have four touchdowns as well. So. And, but Amazing. not, but not Gunnar Greenwald, but. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. Um, I, I Chris, think Chris Carter had three a... catches for nine yards and a touchdown. That's right. Baby. That's efficiency. Speaking that's of a, efficiency, you are getting probably the nation's leader. in yards per catch coming back. So that's good. That is neat. <laughs> um, I, I think that was kind of something that got brushed under the rug, especially with uh, and Golish's uh, Golish's uh, press conference today was, you know, it, it, this wasn't Golish and his staff just recruiting the the, the high school and, and JUCO and transfers and everything like that. He also had to do a lot of, you know, peacemaking and have difficult conversations and have not so fun and have really fun conversations with uh, his own players, the guys that were committed on the team and some guys that were also in the portal. And, you know, I, I'd imagine he reached out to Jimmy Horn and said, Hey, you know, you're welcome back if you want. Um, <laughs> Jimmy saw the NIL deals and said, you know, no, thank he you. Saw but, the, I'm good. <laughs> he said, I'm good. But um, I, I think that's an underrated thing. And he even mentioned the fact that, you know, he, he gave kudos to those players. He had about 15 or 20 of those guys host um, the uh, the kids on the official visits the last two weekends. You know, I, I think that's a big thing that speaks to kind of the the relationship that Golish is already building with the players. Um, you know, we all joked about it, but we're also very serious about it, that you know, his priorities in the offseason were keeping Byron Brown and keeping Brian Petit and, seeing if you can get Weaver to come back and maybe seeing if you can get Jimmy Hoare to come back. And he did three out of the four things. Um, we haven't seen anyone else enter the portal uh, since, you know, everything else was going on. So, you know, I, I'd imagine that that's going pretty well for him. Um, you know, we, we all talk about that alignment fact of it, and it seems like that alignment is still holding strong. 
you know, this is also barring he's coming into spring with a fresh slate. You know, he said he's not going to have any preconceived notions on anyone. I doubt he's going to, uh, you know, hold up a blank piece of paper like uh, good old uh, Jeff Scott did, but he might allude to a similar thing where in the spring there's going to be no depth charts uh, and and let the guys, you know, kind of work for those starting positions and, and see who kind of wins out. And then after the fact, maybe guys will transfer because, you know, when you're fourth on a depth chart, you know, you may not want that. So I, I think the the progress that Golish has made from his hiring date to today to minimize the amount of damage and maximize the talent coming back in. Um, I think that's, that's a pretty big deal. He has watched film. There. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. He has. He said that early on in his press conference, I yeah. think in his introductory one. So, Oh, and uh, the other news I guess from the press conference is a good segue is it looks like, uh, Gary Bohannon is going to be out for the spring at least for a little bit. So this might be an interesting uh, route for Byron Brown to to take some uh, take the things by the reins and by the horns and whatnot. So it'll be interesting. But Gary seems like a team player kind of guy. I, I doubt that's going to really affect uh, you know upset the apple cart too much like we had last year. Yeah, when I wonder when spring is. Is he still? He said he's going to miss it, uh, rehabbing the shoulder. So I wonder if it's going to be early, an early spring, or, or if he's going to like late push. February, early March. Yeah, I wonder if he's. Gonna, I wonder if he's going to go early. Um, I mean, I think over the last like five or six years, like the spring games have been like April, uh, basically around tax day. Yeah, um, just about. I don't know if they push that. See, he got hurt. Got October, so Tulane October, game, yeah, October, November, December, like eight month recovery. Like he must have really jacked up his shoulder. That should be plenty of time. I tore my labrum and my rotator cuff uh, my f- freshman year of college. It took like I think it was like a four four month recovery or something like that. Um, but I could have, I heard in August, I was probably good to go in July or February. So or not July, but, uh, January or February. So I wonder, uh, I wonder how bad it was. Yeah. That's it probably be... hurt. <laughs> October 15th was the yeah. day of the game. So, so. we're what, October, basically what, two, two months. months removed, two months mm-hmm. and a week removed. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I guess a six to eight month recovery would put him past the spring game and into the summer, I guess. Fun. So we're going into the spring with a, that's fun. Good, 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 good. good. I mean, you get, you you get a core, uh, you don't have to worry about splitting first team reps. Jordan Smith may actually see the field. Hey, we're going to carry the, uh, the uh rosters into the new year. Yeah, I mean uh Gunner Smith's bull should probably get some run. It's true. Ryan Bolden. I, I I liked his film in high school. I, I thought he was a pretty decent player too. I did too. Um I'm excited for what Byron can do in this offense. Um I mean both. I once again um I don't think the quarterback position is gonna be an issue coming into this year. I don't I don't 
I think we can probably safely say it wasn't the issue this past season. I think if no. Jeff Scott had maybe watched game film, he'd still be around um, before and before jumping on board here three years ago. I think that really set him back. And Seth, I don't know if you said this on air or off air, but we were kind of talking about like what the F happened last night. Like we were talking about it last night, like what the F happened. And it's like, Oh, he probably thought it was COVID and kind of didn't really get a true assessment of what was really wrong. Yeah. I, program. I, yeah, I think he came in um, to me. I Looking back at it now, it, it, you know, the, like we, we joke about like the not watching film thing. I'm sure he watched some, but kind of just kind of said, I, I, I honestly like gun to my head. I don't think he watched a lick of film, but we also know, we also know that he didn't exit interview the last staff, which is insane to me. Like those guys will give you information. They're not going to, you know, be mad and hold it from you. That's, this is how the business works. Like that's why DePrado is still out recruiting even though he may not be retained here. That's just, that's kind of how it works. That's kind of the gig. Right. Um, but looking back and thinking about that kind of stuff, it's like, maybe he just came in super naive and just thought, you know what? All I got to do, these guys didn't know what they were doing. All I got to do is throw the Clemson way down here. Uh, and we'll roll. Cause that's, it's always worked. It'll work. It'll work here. And then after the COVID year, he was probably thinking, well, it did not work because it was not going to work here. It, it didn't work because of COVID. So let's let's do it again. And then so you kind of lose a year of maybe being able to reassess things and, and, and take a real critical look at why things worked and why things didn't. Because, I mean, look around the country. So many things like you go back and you talk about like, um, you know, Penn State had a really bad year in the COVID year. I was like, yeah, it's COVID year. Nobody, it, it, it doesn't really count. Like. But as a first-year head coach, maybe it masked some of the things that you needed to fix. And mm-hmm. if if you didn't notice that because you just kind of blamed it all in the COVID year, well, now you're a year behind and we saw what happened. So, yeah, that was my that was my kind of take looking back. I, I think there's just kind of some mistakes made early and maybe got compounded by not having a critical enough eye. Probably. Um, I do want to mention, too, funnier things that happened in this press conference that made me uh, love Alex Golish so much was the fact that he's the first one was that his family's not going to be moving down until like May or something like that. <laughs> and he said he, he's going to be sleeping in his office on the couch, just absolute football guy material. Uh, love that. And then uh, <laughs> the fact that he mentioned Portillo's like, Honest, he mentioned Portillo's about as often as Jeff Scott mentioned Clemson in his press conferences. <laughs> that man was so excited to find out that there's a Portillo's like not even half a mile from campus. And his delivery when he said it was the funniest fucking thing on earth. It was like, I don't know what prompted the question or what prompted this answer, but he goes, like, I learned there's a Portillo's over here, which, uh, man. That's got me excited. Like really Mike McDaniels, the Miami Dolphins coach, really similar <laughs> to Mike McDaniels and how he does it. Does it uh Seth, I can send you the tweet if we can pull that up because I honest to God, it was the funniest fucking thing that I've ever heard from a press conference uh from USF. That was not like a mistake funny. Like this was just him just being a dude. Just he's broke. I mean, 
Guys being dudes, man. Goes being bros. He loves the he loves bro. He loves man. He loves he loves those terms. Love saying baby. Oh, I I listen. I I love this guy's got a great lexicon in my opinion. Uh, great vocabulary. <laughs> I he, this, he's got to be like feeling so good uh, as somebody with you know three kids. He's got two kids. I'm sure he's misses his kids and all, but man, he can go eat whatever he wants. He can go to Portillo's eight times a week if he wants to. Like he's just living <laughs> it up down here. This man is living like a bachelor lifestyle. He's he's sleeping on a couch in his office. Getting back to his GA roots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want I I want like if any USF people are, are listening, I want like a day in the life of. <laughs> of Alex Golish while he's not living here like in a house like I want to see what he's like if he's showering down in the room where he's <laughs> like I want the camera following that man for for full like 18 hour days I know this man's waking up at you know 5 o'clock in the morning and going to bed at 1 at this rate so maybe he's got like the little cot built in under his desk like George Costanza mm-hmm. <laughs> right, go under there, catch some right, catch catch a little bit of uh, uh, some Z's down there. Yeah, I mean just that's a, incredible just stuff from him. Guy. I love him. Very likable guy so far. Yeah, that's that's the thing with a shtick though. Is that like, and I, I was I was talking to one of my friends about this with Mike Daniels. It's like. This shtick is great when you win football games. This this guy that's just very deadpan and and, and right. you know it's on his mind and everything like that. But like in 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 Mike McDaniel's like, what the hell do you say when you're losing like you know fifteen to nothing at halftime? Like, is this the guy that's gonna like take it seriously? Kind of thing. I, I Gullish doesn't doesn't give me the implication that he's like this you know goofball um, like Mike McDaniel is, but you know. It, those are the kind of things you have to think about. And, and, you know, that was something with Jeff Scott as well as he was very good at, at, you know, certain things and uh, pumping up the team was not one of them. You ever seen major league two? Have I ever seen major league two? Right. So when, 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 uh, when Jack Parkman, the catcher is on your team, right. He's on the Cleveland Indians. The announcer says he's got this shimmy that makes all the women in in Cleveland like rouse them all up, right? And then when he, as soon as he goes to White Sox, what's the, what's the actual line, sir? I can't remember. I I just lost it, but I know I know the when he's on the White Sox, it's it, it he does that little shimmy. It makes all the women in Cleveland puke. And it's the same <laughs> thing. It's just like if he's if you're winning, it's great. If you're losing, it's it becomes grating and annoying, right? So. Like everyone, all the Florida people loved Dan Mullen. He was quirky. He was weird. They started losing. Like, this guy's a weirdo, a loser. Look at his pants. He doesn't know how to dress. It's like, all right. Like, it's the same exact guy. All right. So, let's see. You got this. You got a tweet here from Stieg. Let's throw that up, I, I suppose, here. I learned there's a Portillo's over here, which <laughs> I, I man, you talk about excitement. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a Portillo's guy. I'm a food guy. Um, so that part of it has been phenomenal. This is an incredible food city. That's exciting. I have, I have not lived in the greatest 
food cities in America. If you look at my bio, um, Which, <laughs> I am really excited to be at a place where, where Portillo's, among other things, I'm really excited about. Oh, Portillo's, if they're looking for, <laughs> I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> Which big, big shot fired uh, up north to our friends in Orlando, whose uh, best barbecue restaurant is a uh, chain. Um, <laughs> is it Sunny's? <laughs> Four Rivers. Um, <laughs> no sun, no sunny slander. Right? Yeah, they uh, just the, the early signing day press conference. Like this man should be like talking about like, oh yes, like Demetrius Carter. He's gonna catch. He's gonna go for over twelve hundred yards. And Lloyd Summerall, what a what a program change. This man's up there talking about fucking Portillo <laughs> and how excited he is. God, I love him. I like this idea from Eric. Yes. That's a good one. Um, I, I mean, there's really not much to say. You know, I'm just glad there wasn't any bad surprises. We knew going in what we were getting with this class. It's a pretty good class. And I will say, so kind of going through um, the decommits that after Jeff Scott was fired, um, just looking at them real quick. Uh, where'd it go? I just had it. Um, so you've got the tight end Anthony Miller Jr. Um, from uh, Duluth, Georgia, who has not signed anywhere yet. Um, he's the only guy who decommitted that has a higher rating than any of the guys that USF signed. Uh, like at the top, like he's the top. He he would be the top ranked guy. Um, DJ Oliver, he signed with uh, West Virginia. Connor Knight stayed home, went to UAB. So we'll see him in the future. Uh, Daryl Sweeting, um, who kind of threw some shade that you know his commitment wasn't going to be um, honored. I guess would be the nice way to put it. I think Connor Knight did the same thing. Uh, he's at Temple, so we'll see him. And then Braden Ramey from uh, Trinity Catholic, he has not committed or signed anywhere either. So of the five guys, really only, I mean, I say that and Temple beat USF's ass and made them fire their coach. So, I mean, they literally made USF quit. But um, only DJ Oliver went higher, bigger to a bigger school in theory. And we kind of knew that was probably going to be the case. Even if Jeff Scott stuck around, they were going to have to really fight to keep him on board anyway. Um, so that's a good job. That's a good job by them. I think they're the top five guys in this signing class were all guys that Golish recruited and signed. Um, and they were all, you know, 85 and above of the top four. So I'm okay with it. Seth, I know uh, before we kind of wrap up, you had you, before we kind of t- uh, started, you had kind of broken down the club player rankings from the, I guess, quote unquote, new American. Do you have yeah. that kind of available or just handy? Uh, I know that. So, uh, 24 seven still has the old conferences, uh, up, but, uh, looking at a combined UTSA had the top G five class, um, by most metrics, I think they're in the fifties overall. So they had a pretty good class, but they're, they'd be number one in the new American and average. Um, I think SMU mm-hmm. was two. 
Um, UAB was third, and then USF would be fourth, and not far behind UAB, if I recall correctly. And UAB only signed 12 guys, I think. So they signed a pretty small class and had a pretty good uh, player average. But I mm-hmm. believe, if I'm correct, USF was pretty close on the player average and obviously signed <laughs> um, some little more than 12. So and kind of in the top, top, top third. That, that does Higher. bring up a good point with this recruiting cycle. Um, it, it's really hard to gauge a metric of success because with the portal kind of being what it is right now, um, there's a lot of variances on how, uh, you know, it's, it's being attacked. It's no longer, Oh, you're taking 25 high school guys guaranteed. And, you know, you might take a a handful of transfers. Now, a lot of schools are doing, you know, a good amount of transfers anywhere between like five and 20. And then you kind of fill the rest with high school guys. And so, that kind of opens the door for a, a group of five program like USF to be able to get a guy who they may not have gotten in, in, in years past. <clears throat> a guy like Jarvis Lee would absolutely be a take at, at Georgia Tech or Virginia or, or some of the other top schools. Same thing with Stantavius, same thing with uh, a few others. And, you know, because those schools like Florida, Florida State and Georgia and Miami, they might say, oh, instead of taking a, a you know, high three star, low four star, player will mm-hmm. take a guy who was a four star at Oregon that wants to come back home or something like that or a guy that they had a pre you know a pre-existing relationship with and, and do it that way um and so USF and, and other schools really benefit from it and I think it, it happened at Florida International Florida Atlantic um happened basically all over the country a guy may have had a, a, an offer from Texas Texas said, Hey, we're going to take this guy instead from the transfer portal. Sorry, we're not going to, you know, send you an NIL um, or NLI. And then they, you know, decide to go to their next option, which is usually the, the smaller group of five schools. So that, that's something to keep in mind with this class as it goes forward and, and the metric of success that we can gauge it at. It's a good thing for USF. Um, you know, they, they'll probably be able to sneak in a few really high rated guys here at the end because they fell through the, the power five cracks, but you know, cool. The, I, I want to also bring back reality that like, yes, USF did really well today. A lot of group of five schools did really well today. Uh, UTSA, UCF had a phenomenal day recruiting, you know, the, these non power I mean, programs had group of five there anymore, right? Right, but the the point, like you know, Houston had a great day. Cincinnati mm-hmm. flipped uh, a guy from, uh, I think, Ohio State. They got um, Emory Jones in the portal too. They got Emory Jones. It, like every non-SEC Big Ten school had a really strong day today um, because of that. So just something to keep in mind as as you know you evaluate these classes. Um, it's really hard to evaluate classes right now. And like, and kind of like you said, with the portal, like these things are always growing too. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's not as much, they're really just snapshots of kind of a moment in time. The rankings as now at the top, I think there's teams that are so far ahead that, you know, they're not going to slide very much, but kind of in the middle, bottom middle, I think there's probably room to move with transfers and things like that. And the second uh, normal kind of signing day, you're going to have, mm-hmm. 
you know, guys like you said that that slipped through the cracks, and maybe a team decides, you know what, I'd rather take that transfer. A guy, I'll take a guy that's ready to play now instead of putting time into developing a guy. And that's where I think G five programs can really come up and and get guys that in years past, like Steve was saying, they they might not have access to. So if you're smart, you can get some good high school guys in the second signing day. And and also maybe snag some more guys from the portal to fill more immediate needs, but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm sure the class is going to grow from here. But uh, good good start for sure. Agreed. Um, yeah, Tulane had a really good day as well. Uh, Campbell oh, had yeah. a very good Campbell had a very good day. Um, <laughs> that's wild to me. Are they going? Are they going FBS soon? They've got a uh, they've got a former uh, NFL guy. I think Mike Minter is their coach. The safety, pretty, I think so. Yeah, I'm seeing. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, Mike Minter. Man, good for him. So he must just be recruiting like a, crazy. He 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 knows how to recruit. My God, he he dips into the the good parts of Florida to get some guys. Yeah, I think our uh, our friends. And Cullowee, North Carolina had a pretty good day too. They did. They did. They had a they had a pretty, pretty, pretty good day. Signed, Ooh, uh, someone had a really bad day. Uh, I think the only school that had a day reading wise was uh I think it was UMass. I think UMass <laughs> um and I and I'm saying this for a reason. Um and I UMass. Hey, it was UMass. Someone, someone like bottomed out. Like they had like five commits today. Oof. Um. Oh, it was North Texas. Oh, well, they do. Well, they that's they're kind of a, they're going to be an interesting one to watch because they don't. Um, that guy got so Eric Morris, who was on our, who was on <laughs> our, uh, he was a name on our list, uh, mm-hmm. our, our hot board. He got hired by North Texas. Um. He has not hired a single coach yet yep. on his staff. So I think he's just kind of punting the early signing period, it seems like. Wow. Basically took uh, two guys. They took two high schoolers and two transfers. Uh, both of them are guys that were transferred back from back home to uh, the Denton area, which the Denton area is, is very densely populated with, uh, with talent. And so, um, yeah, it, very interesting uh, to watch that unfold as uh, a, a future conference game. Yeah, yeah. Western ended up Western Carolina ended up one twenty one, just behind Coastal Carolina. They uh, they signed four star receiver Santana Fleming out of Miami or Fort Lauderdale, somewhere around there. Um, that's a good get. They missed out on Jamari Ford, Johnny Ford's younger brother. He's actually going to Buffalo. Um. But I mean, overall, it's a good day. They have a really talented running back in Desmond Reed from South Florida as well. So um, they're not hurting for talent there. And I think their their quarterback who got hurt it transferred out, and they still have the freshman quarterback, I believe. So, yeah. and they also signed the all time leading passer in Miami Dade County, the lefty, right? I don't think, but I know he's uh, he may be. I, I don't remember. I know he started at. Uh, I think he started Miami Northwestern for like four years. Oh wow! Yeah, so he's a he's a dude. He's yeah. not big, but uh, if you're starting down there for four years, you're probably a dude. Yeah, for sure. All right, as we wrap this up, Steve, I'm going to set a timer. Okay. <laughs> 
And <clears throat> even if you're done or not, Seth, once the timer goes off, you just blanket end the show. Okay. Got it. All right. Do you want? No. Let's see. Should, can we? Can we put Got it on it. screen? Yeah. And Steve, I'm going to give you two hours. <laughs> can you add 30 minutes to that? <laughs> uh, what do you think is fair? Three, four minutes? You think you can get it out in four minutes? Yeah, I can probably get it out in three minutes. I'm also hungry. I uh, haven't eaten dinner yet, so see how this goes. It's 10 o'clock at night. How have you not eaten dinner yet? I told you, he thinks he lives in Spain. Seriously. Spain without the yes. Um, All right. Everybody sit back. It's like a 40-yard dash. I'll start on your first word. The first sound. (laughs) What a group of condescending pieces of shit those guys are. My God. Uh, USF deserves so much better than what they are currently uh receiving from the media and and this is not directed towards the folks at uh you know the the local stations fox 13 and tbs and locals or anything like that talking about the guys from the tampa tribune the guys from and slight throw under the bus here the guy rivals um they do a good job mostly but you know they need a dedicated beat writer and and you know i'll give credit to will turner on this because will does everything possible that he can for USF athletics, for USF football, for USF basketball, whatever it is, that man goes to every single football game, goes to every press conference. And he tweeted out that picture of what the press conference looked like for the early signing day. Um, in a presser that Golish had his first early signing day, that should be big news for your local market. That should be a perennial, like that, that should run front page, your local division university their early signing period. Here's who they're bringing on. But no one from the Tampa Bay Times is there. Why? Well, let's see. Matt Baker decided to go to Gainesville. And he claims that it's because the market here uh, in Tampa dominates the USF market two to one. But if you go to any of Matt Baker's tweets, no one in Gainesville, no one as a full fan gives up fuck about what the Tampa Times thinks. They only care about what the Gainesville Sun thinks, but because of their demographic market and because of you know the booming theater population here, they decide they're going to go to fucking Gainesville to cover that shit show that Billy Napier put together today. And great, fantastic. <laughs> you and everyone else in the state, you got to also compete with the fucking Jacksonville Times. You got to deal with the fucking Ocala Times. It's so goddamn stupid that we can't get a competent journalistic Tampa Bay Times beat writer to cover a local Division One university. They're putting so much effort into every aspect of athletics and the Times don't give a fuck. They're putting so much money into the on-campus stadium and then you barely get a Matt Baker thread with shit that I tweet out 45 minutes prior to him. Like, what? Is, what I swear... If I didn't block the guy, I would assume that he steals every content from me. Because I, I check all the meetings on the meeting minutes on the board of trustees. He he just spits out my shit out of my own dick. So fuck them. Fuck the Tampa Bay Times. Dissolve them. Put them into the athletic. 
get someone who actually gives a shit about USF to cover this school. 